Welcome back. Episode four of the Sweat Today podcast. Uh, we, we said it. It's known. It's been a while, Danny, but it's good to see your face. How are you doing down there in Charlotte? What's new? How are the cats? How's your woman? Hit me with it. Everything is great. Cats are great. Woman is spectacular. Um, everything is good, man. Um, I got to be honest with our listeners here. I had a 6 a.m. flight this morning. And the only thing that's kept me going is knowing we were hopping on to record one of my favorite things to do, the Sweat Today podcast, Back in Your Lives, the best fitness and wellness podcast on this side of the Mississippi River. Unbelievable. I'm excited to be back. And I am very excited for who you are going to introduce, the guest. Yes, the guest that we have on today. I'm very excited to learn about him and pick his brain. Very, very first guest for the Sweat Today podcast. You all will love him. He goes by Russ, short for Russell, short for business owner, beast. I mean, just you guys are really going to fall in love with Russ's story. Uh, very likable guy. So I, I can't wait to dive into that. But before we wanted to get in, uh, before we want to get in rather to um, our episode, uh, I've got a pretty heavy heart right now. My mom and my sister were um, in an accident last night. Um, we're recording Thursday night and it happened on Wednesday night around seven, maybe a bit earlier. Um, turns out they're all okay. Both my mom, and my sister, they've got some pretty, uh, ex extensive physical injuries, but nothing that, you know, rehab slash surgery slash just time won't fix, um, to put it lightly. But, you know, I, I know we started off, I believe the last episode talking about, um, our good friend, Josh's dad, uh, passing away unexpectedly and, not that it's to that level, of course, but it's another kind of a it connected in terms of your message now and what I'm saying now um, about, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm a big person and always finishing a conversation with the words. I love you. I don't care if it's you. I don't care if it's, you know, Emily or I don't care if it's buddy, the dog. Like I, I'll literally end every conversation with, I love you because you don't know what's going to happen. And when I got that call last night that my mom and sister were in a in an accident involving a car and, you know, they were swiped. It really screwed with me. Um, but again, it was kind of just a reminder to appreciate every day. And it's so easy to not do that. And it gets so annoying to hear people say it. Uh, but I just wanted to start with that and and kind of hear your thoughts. And, and obviously I love your perspective because I think we both have the same look on these kind of things. Um, but yeah, thinking about mom, thinking about Maria, they're doing well right now. Emily and I are actually going to go to Pittsburgh um, on Saturday or Sunday to see them. My sister has surgery on Monday. So if you're listening, please, please, please send up some prayers and good thoughts. But um, yeah, just you don't know what's going to happen. That's kind of my moral. Yeah, man. And and I think you're spot on when you talk about it does screw with you. It shakes you. It, it gives you a cause to pause, right? Pause, have gratitude that they're still here. Be aware of the fact that things can happen so fast. And I love what you said. And I think we should all take that from you. Ending every conversation with I love you. It's the truth, right? Because like you said, the last episode, I had to, you know, in my mind, say goodbye to somebody who means so, 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 so much to me. Um, and the memory will last forever, but you never know what that last interaction is going to be. And you pray that every time it's the best it possibly could be. I was lucky enough that that's exactly what it was with Josh's dad. It was one of our classic conversations, laughs, jokes, memories. It was beautiful. And it ended with him kind of going upstairs to go to sleep. And it's one of those things where now in my mind, that's, that's how I feel about it. 
the last time I talked to him, he went up to sleep. And now that's where he is, right? And that's how I'll remember him forever. And, and it's just a reminder, like you said. I think you said that perfectly. It's a reminder of what's important. It's a reminder that this stuff that we're talking about, it, it is absolutely important. It means so much to our lives. Nothing will mean more than family. Nothing will mean more than the people who are close to us. And at the end of the day, that is the basis of why we do this, because we care about you guys who listen. We care about your well-being. We care about your health. That's why we do this. You know, we're learning as much as you are. We're bringing on people that we appreciate, love, acknowledge their expertise and their experiences. And that's what we're bringing to you today. But yes, always a constant reminder, love on people. You don't know what's going on. And even if you do, love on them harder. So yeah, another reminder on this uh, beautiful day. I like that. Love on them harder. I'll uh, I'll take that to heart and I will use that as we go forward. Um, enough of the somber note. Like I said, Mom, Marie, we're thinking of you. We love you. Yes, um, we do. And uh, yeah, I'm going to see you in a few days. So that's awesome. But I, I, I can't even put into words, and I, I can feel Russ probably smiling at me right now, how excited I am to have him on. I actually was just at his gym earlier, Pulse Barbell Club on Long Island in East Northport. Quick plug. I'm sure he'll plug it as well. But I was working out and he was asking me, you know, do I do I need a mic? Do I what do I need? I need Zoom. I'm like, literally all you need is Zoom and your voice. That's about it. So we are ready to rock. We're ready to dive in. Um, like I said, I just worked out. So my legs are very, very happy that they are not moving and they're sitting down. And now it's my mouth that's getting the exercise. So um I'm excited to dive in. This is our first guest, Danny. Uh, if you could answer in so in in so many words, name me a guest that's not someone we know that you would pay a decent amount of money to have on our show. Ooh, that is, is that's a very good one. You know what's funny? This is gonna make you laugh because everybody who knows this and listens to us knows how much I love MMA in the UFC. I would want to bring on a guy named George Lockhart, which of course is a name that many of you are going to be like, who the hell is he talking about? I'm, he is I'm like one of those people. Who yeah. You're one that? of those people. He is like nutritionist meal prep chef of like some of the biggest stars in combat sports that you'd know. Okay. He has been in the military. He's cooked for like some of the highest level of savages on this world. And he's just concocted this crazy formula on how to get the body to peak performance. That for me is something that's so interesting because it diet and consistency is something I struggle with so much. Having somebody like that picking their brain, I think that could be very, very useful. So I will hunt him down and try and get him on this podcast all just right. for all of you. All right. Okay. George Lockhart. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I said The Rock. That'd be pretty cool. Um, not sure we have that kind of pull yet. But right. without further ado, drum roll, episode four, Russ, our first guest. Be right back. All right. Our first guest, episode four, but really episode one of the guest run, the one, the only Russ of Pulse Barbell Club. Russ, <laughs> it is so good to see you. I literally just saw you 40 minutes ago. Um, but how are you, man? What What's new today? Doing great. Not too much is new because, like you said, I saw you about thirty minutes ago. But um, I'm showing. I'm excited for the podcast, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've been listening. I've been a listener now, so now I'm gonna actually be on it. This is this is awesome. Every time I go to the gym, Danny Russ always tells me, "Hey, man, I need episode three. I need episode four. He's always on me. So thankfully, uh, it, it only it only works out, and it only makes sense that Russ is our first guest. Um, 
we're going to dive right in because we got a lot to go over, but it's it's all good stuff. Um, if you could, I know it's a very simple question, but if someone said, who is Russ, how would you answer that? Russ is, I would say the best word to describe me is probably coach. That's probably the best best word to describe me. You know, I'm, I'm a strength coach, I'm a life coach, I'm a health coach. It's what I'm wrapped up in. It's what I'm involved in. It's what I'm interested in. So I think that's probably the best word, coach. Now that you 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 kind of you laid it out perfectly because you laid out all the pillars of, of what you're involved with and what you're passionate about. But take us through from, you know, the first day you remember either picking up a weight or exercising mm-hmm. or or just playing yeah. with your buddies like and where that's brought you, you know, now kind of like the beginning to not end, but beginning to current, if you will. Yeah, for sure. So I'll give you kind of like the cliff notes, right? So starting from, I mean, when I was little, when I was a kid growing up, um, I was a multi-sport athlete pretty much my whole life. I played everything, especially like in the middle school years. From that point on, I kind of branched off into a little bit more lacrosse. That was like my sport. So entering into the first year of high school, what really got me involved in strength stuff what I think got the ball rolling was I was diagnosed in ninth, ninth grade with Crohn's disease. I don't know if you're familiar with what Crohn's disease is, right? It's like an inflammatory bowel disease um, that affects like your stomach and your whole digestive system. So essentially I was losing weight for a really, really long time. And just to put it into perspective, right, I was 85 pounds in ninth grade. So I was like just bones. I'm sure there's a picture somewhere that my mom had taken, but I think that's been like sheltered away somewhere. Because it was, it was really scary, actually. And, uh, you know, from that point, I ended up going to a bunch of different doctors, got diagnosed with Crohn's. And so it was nice because it was kind of an answer to what the hell is going on because I was just losing weight and losing weight. From that point on, once I got some therapeutics in my body and started to put on weight, really what it was was like a huge – like I was just hugely self-conscious at that point just because the, my body image was completely shot you know, in ninth grade going into high school, you're like, you want to be, you know, make something of yourself. And uh, I was like, just totally, it was the insecurity that I think really, that really propelled me forward. So from that point, it was 10th grade. I had asked my dad if I can get a trainer. So I started working with this guy at Gold's Gym, actually right down the road. His name is Len Sinisgalli. Awesome guy. Um, Total like hard ass, natural like strength training, conventional stuff. And I was with him two or three times a week. I caught the bug, as they say, and I was training. I mean, I must have trained for like a year straight. I, I could not put down the weights at that point. And I carried that through my high school career, got pretty serious into lifting, you know, towards end of high school and early college. So out of high school, I went to Albany University with a bunch of my best friends. That didn't last very long because that just was not my situation. So I was there for about one semester, transferred over to Toro College, Ended up getting a degree in human biology there. And then there, my natural progression from that point was becoming a trainer, working with people. And um, I think it was more of, it changed my life so much, being able to change my physique and change my whole persona that I wanted to, I think, give that back with people. So I started working with folks, uh, kind of dabbled with the physical therapy, PTA a little bit, and uh, you know, then ended up working in more of a big box gym as a coach. And then from that point, you know, became a powerlifting coach, ended up opening up 1.0, uh, Pulse 1.0, which was just down the road. That was for about five years. And um, now we're here. 
No, it's it's beautiful, Russ. It's it's an amazing story and and one that I think a lot of people can relate to. And I know we're going to dive into heavily into your experiences as a strength coach and obviously pick your brain for our listeners because obviously you're somebody who brings a professional background and experience to something that a lot of us have a very amateur understanding of. But I want to dig into something you mentioned in your story and kind of what got you into fitness and when you described that insecurity um, that you felt being young, obviously being a little bit smaller. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to because I know a lot of people, myself definitely included, that was kind of what started our fitness journey was, man, I see all these people around me. They look a certain way. What's the difference? What happened? And you ask them and they simply say, oh, just get in the gym. That's a very overwhelming thing to hear when you are what you are in that moment. Um, so if you can just dive into that a little bit in terms of kind of how that affected you, how that affected your journey, what you learned from that. And now looking back at that version of yourself, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing for me was, I mean, honestly, I have to say it was a fantastic driver for me. You know, it was a wild insecurity. And from that point, you're kind of in, I was in the situation where I was like, I'm going to find anything and every, any kind of information to make myself better, to get myself bigger. So I was on YouTube at the time looking up. There's this one guy, I don't even know if he still has an account. It was like Scooby's Workshop. And I had like a 10-pound dumbbell, like, you know, some ridiculous set of equipment at my house. And I would just literally go to my house before I even had a trainer or a coach. I would be using those dumbbells in every possible way I, I could. So it was a lot of self-learning. Um, and, you know, for, for folks that are going through similar situations like that, I would say, you know, using using those insecurities as fuel is huge because you can either you can either let those things really crush you and it can turn into a lot of negative energy and it can be poor me and you can kind of just wallow in your self-pity or you can take that and you can use it productively and actually build yourself into something. Right. I mean, we're talking about a guy that I was diagnosed in 2000 and what was it, seven or nine? And that's my literal career helping people. Right. So. Um, diving into it and, and taking that energy and bringing it to myself. Now I'm bringing it to other people. I would say I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way that went. So I would just say direct, you have the energy, direct it somewhere productively instead of, you know, dwelling on it. So that's my two cents. Russ, I always love your perspective. And, and when you paint the picture like that, it makes it even more beautiful because you took something so negative and you turned it into something that's not even positive, but it's your career, like you said, it's so weird because for me, and you know, you hear all the stories of like, you know, what Danny said and what you alluded to about, oh, I'm so small, I'm so skinny, I'm so whatever. I think one of the reasons why I got into it is because I looked down, and I said, damn, I'm I'm kind of fat. And like I was honest with myself, and you know, it, you take that and you turn it into it. But for you to take it and now going on at, you know, 07 or 09, either way, 15 years of saying, you know what, I'm gonna turn this ship around and I'm really gonna hold on. I mean, that's that's enough for me to sit back and say, you know what, you, you made the right decision. And that right decision has now led you to own a business and, and run a business. You and I talked a few weeks ago, you know, you, you said you could never sit down at a desk. You always have to be moving. Um, how did Pulse come together? I know you touched on it, but, you know, what did it look like in your mind? You know, did you have some people that led you in the right direction? Was that kind of self-taught? I'm really interested in like the, the entrepreneur side of it when you opened it up. Yeah, I mean, it was I always I always had the idea in mind. I mean, when I started working, gosh, it was you know, we're talking back a while. This is probably like 2000, 
maybe 13 where I started working like seriously in a gym as a trainer. And at that point I was kind of just like, all right, let me earn my stripes a little bit here. And I would work with a lot of people and I was just kind of in my learning season. And then as I started to progress into that business and work my way up the ladder, you know, becoming the fitness coordinator and working with lots and lots of people and different personalities, you start to realize in these businesses, certain flaws. And so at that point, my gears started going as to like, Hey, if I did this, you know, here's how things would look a little bit differently. Right. And so I kind of had that idea in my head. Uh, maybe it was like 2014 ish. And, but you have to remember, like I've, I've worked in restaurants. I've, I've always worked for somebody, right. I've never worked for myself. And so it was a pretty kind of scary endeavor thinking to myself, Oh, you know, I would always just be like, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm, just, I'm not one of those people. You know, I can't open up a gym. You know, there's a lot of self-doubt just because of the fact that you haven't done it. Right. So um, it was it was definitely a little bit nerve wracking, but there was a certain point and, and I won't go into specific specifics, but it was kind of a little bit of a turning point in my life at that point, too. And that was driving my, I guess, desire to open up my own space even more. And so it was just kind of like this building, building, building. And it finally got to a point where I had enough courage. I had scraped together enough money and I was sick and tired enough of the current place that I was working at. And I'm just like, well, you know, what do I have to lose at this point? I'm just going to go for it. And, um, you know, at that point I was working with a lot of people in home too. I would drive to their houses. I would have my bag full of fitness equipment and I was doing a lot of people, you know, kind of one-on-one in their house. So I had kind of a, client, a, a book of clients together and I just took that. I looked at the numbers and I was like, you know what, let's do this. So I ended up going for it. And that gym was specifically one-on-one -on -one training and, um, you know, ended up hiring a couple of trainers there and it ended up working out. But my, my, the idea was just fairly simple. It was one-on-one -on -one training. It was what I knew. It was kind of my bread and butter. And uh, like I said, there was a few things that I needed to fix about the current gym that was working or the previous gym that I was working at. So made those things happen. And, um, it was definitely the best decision of my life for sure. Cause now I'm here and, you know, feels, feels good. Man, I would have loved to have been at the, at the original. Now it's like, uh, it's kind of like old Yankee stadium. Like it's gone exactly. now, but it's, <laughs> it's a legend. Um, what's the craziest. And, and I know I've seen a lot of characters come through your gym. What's the craziest lifting story. Now I don't mean like, the craziest person coming in or even like the craziest weight, but just for you, like you watch something happen, you've watched something happen and you're like, like you just shake your head and you don't have any words. What are some of the craziest stories you've had owning your own gym and having people come through and kind of the day to day, man, this is an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, I can go, in I can go in multiple directions here. Like what, what genre of crazy do you want right now? Do you want like, let's go. Or do you want like, at, like gym fails? Like Danny, help me out. What are we going to go with? Let's pick two categories. Danny, I, I am, I am a man with an abundance mindset. I want to hear every crazy story you can think of, of all different oh, directions. Yeah. And let's I do, think every listener would go with, with like weights itself. There you go. Like specific to like either some, like there are weights involved. Go. So I would say probably craziest thing I've seen with weights and training was, let's see. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually, because I have a good one for you, but I'm going to hit you with, I'm going to hit you with the gym fail one first because it's just funny and it's in my head Fine right by now. Me. <laughs> um, and, then, and, then, and then I'll go into the impression with this other one is just on the tip of my tongue. 
so this was at the gym that I that that um that I used to have, and um, oh wait, hold on. Okay, so yeah, I'm going back a little bit, right? Because this is the gym that I used to work at, but this is just a funny gym thing. Then I'll talk about the space that I had. And so there was a bunch of guys, it was like high school guys, and they were coming into lift. They would always come into lift like, you know, around 3.30 after school. And they're on the bench press, right? And they're totally overloading that bench press. I mean, just slapping the plates on, one plate, two plate, butts coming off, completely incorrect form. And I was working with somebody, and I kind of had my eye on them a little bit. I was just making sure they weren't doing anything stupid. And sure enough, they load up three plates on the bar. Now these were these were guys that couldn't be, they could barely be benching like 135, 185. But like we're gonna slap the weights on, we're gonna have our buddy spotting us doing a bicep curl and pulling it up. You guys are probably familiar with that scene, right? So um, after after whatever they ended up doing with it, which is more of the spotters bicep curls than the actual pressing, they decided to unload the bar, right? So you take the weights off the side just like we do all the time. Except what they decided to do was peel all of the 45-pound weights off of one side first. So now you have three weights on one side. So what ended up happening was this. All of a sudden, they take that last plate off, and he's kind of like looking with a dumbfounded look as he pulls that last plate. The barbell swings up and catapults all the way like across the gym, slamming into a mirror and shattering it. And this kid's just standing there like this. And I'm looking over like, oh, my God, what are we doing here? And so that was that was the uh, that was one of the craziest you know, gym fail moments. But um, so I'm, I'm, I was hoping you guys appreciated that one. But, uh, oh, my God. I've, I feel like if there's any tell, like if we're playing a game of gym poker and there's any tell that you're lifting a weight that you've never actually lifted in your life nor seen on a bar in front of you, that is a telltale sign oh, that they have crazy. never seen that weight. All right, so I, I can't not mention, Russ, you know, you talk about your gym, you talk about how crazy into weightlifting you are, but right next door is your fiance and not your fiance for very long. You guys are going to be married under a month. That's probably crazy, but talk about how, for those that don't know, what Charlotte's, you know, love and passion for yoga, how that's almost intertwined. And in a way, I'm sure it's brought you guys, brought you guys closer in your relationship as well. Alrighty, so uh, Char, she and Donnie, you and I were talking about this a little bit the other day, was she had a yoga studio in Astoria. This was just pre-COVID. She was closed down for longer than she was even open for. So unfortunately, she had to close like many gym owners, yoga studio owners. And at that point, my lease was also coming to an end on my, the one-on-one training center. And so we had this idea. She would move out here we would move in together and have two businesses that complemented each other with literally just a windows separation. And um, so, you know, breathe strength and pulse barbell club joined forces. And it's just nice because it's a nice, almost yin to the yang. I like to say you have the strength stuff in here and you have more of the mindfulness and stretching and mobility in the yoga studio. So it's just a super nice compliment, not one that you see very often, like specifically in different gyms. So, I think it was just a really nice blend. And Charlotte, as you know, is, is fantastic. And she's kind of the angelic force behind Paul's Barbell Club and, uh, and Breathe Strength. So it's a, it's a very nice compliment. Russ, so one of the things that me and Donnie are, we go kind of 
bullhorns against each other on is structure versus non-structure when it comes to exercise routines. Like he's one who likes to walk into the gym, know what he's doing and be able to follow a program. I'm kind of more one goes into a gym, more or less kind of does what I feel on the day. I follow, you know, what I'm going to do in terms of muscle groups, but a little looser with the exercises. What do you think it is about people that kind of causes them to work out in different ways? Still having the same goals, still wanting to get fit, strong, whether it's tone, cut, bulk, all of that stuff, but just goes about it a different way. What do you think it is about people that makes them do that? Yeah, so I think what it comes down to, having worked with a lot of different folks from different backgrounds, everybody's a little bit different. So it's not to say one is right and one is wrong. It's just, you know, it's just different, right? So you might have the approach where you like to have a little bit more variety, right? So you play basketball or you're going for a run or you're doing a lift, or you're jumping in on a certain class, right? It kind of keeps it spicy, keeps it interesting. Uh, and then there's the opposite side of the coin, which is having full structure, which is a little bit more of, of in line with what I do. Um, kind of like the, the saying, what gets measured gets managed, right? So if you're actually tracking the data, um, you know, and then making progress over time, you can see those numbers, you can see those graphs as a numbers guy, that makes a lot of sense to me. But, you know, at the end of the day, what's going to work is what's going to work for you, right? I could have the most structured plan in the world and I could say you're going to reach your goals in three months. But if you're not somebody who really acclimates to structure very well, you might be better off, you know, extending that time horizon on, on making it to your goals and just plugging along how you are with multiple different things, right? So kind of like I mentioned before. So I'd say there's no real... Um, there's no real right or wrong way to do it. Uh, I, I would just say that it's up to the individual and you have to really understand yourself before you, you know, before you make that sort of plan. No, that's, that's great. And I think one thing that no matter whether you have structure or you go a little bit more, like you said, variety in how you go about reaching your fitness goals. One thing that I think every trainer I've ever worked with, whether they be in a gym or maybe even trainers that you find on social media, they all talk about what core exercises anybody can do at any experience level to start gaining full body strength. Can you dive into kind of what you see those as and what the benefit of each one is for the person who thinks, hey, I'm not really into doing all these particular workouts. I just want to do a one day, you know, maybe three days a week, full body lift to try and gain some strength. What would be those exercises that you would push them towards? For a full body lift, not a core, not necessarily a core lift, like 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 core abdominals or just full body. No, full body, full body. So what I would do, the priority is going to be compound movement. So these are like your some sort of squatting movement, some sort of hinging movement, like a deadlift or an RDL um, or a single leg RDL if you want to incorporate a little bit of stability, and then like a push, right? So some type of bench press, some type of overhead press. You have the two planes of motion, overhead. You have horizontal, so your vertical push and pull, lat pull down, overhead press, bench press and rows, right? And then your squats, your deadlifts, multi, like multi-joint movements or compound movements. And the reason why is because you're using a lot of muscles in one particular exercise, right? I can sit there and spend the same amount of time doing a bicep curl that I am doing a bench press. The only difference is I'm using seven muscles in the bench press and I'm only using one in the bicep curl. So as far as a time, time strategy, I would say prioritizing compound movements is absolutely essential. And then from that point, if you have some extra time, what I would do is like, look at one area of your body, maybe that you'd like to enhance. Maybe it's the shoulder, like it's the shoulders for me. 
So you add in a few sets of volume and kind of um, build those shoulders up a little bit, but I would probably prioritize compound movements and then cycle in some kind of accessory work to enhance any areas that I'd like to build up. All right. I'm going to give you a perfect segue. You're talking about compound movements. We're going to ask you some compact questions. Do it. Was that a, was that a good dad joke? Was that serviceable? Be honest. That was, that was okay. I'll give it All like right. a, I'll give it like a, a solid five. Danny. Also, Russ, I need to know this is true. I've heard that Donnie comes into the gym with a plethora of like dad jokes, corny jokes, trying to lift the mood. Is this true? Can, can you confirm that this is the real Donnie that we know? He, he never turns this off? It's, it, it is true. He's in good <laughs> company, but it is true. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you know, we're two peas in a pod when it comes to dad Absolutely. jokes. Absolutely. That's why I said you're in good company. There you go. All right. Quick hitters. Uh, we're going to yeah. ask you a series of questions. There's about eight of them. So we're going to dive right in. First one, your favorite exercise in the gym. Deadlift. Okay. Danny, you're up. Your go-to cheat meal. Ooh, oh. deli sandwich. Oh, what's Chicken on your sandwich? Deli sandwich. Yep. What's on your sandwich? Talk to my, us. What's on my sandwich? This is, this is, is everybody going to see this? <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, there's definitely chicken cutlet on there. Probably mozzarella, bacon, uh, toasted garlic hero and dressing like a honey mustard. Oh my God. My mouth yeah. just filled with saliva. <laughs> Can I tell you how unbelievably beautifully Long Island that answer was? I mean, yeah, that really, was 100%. perfect right there. 100%. All right. Let's say you just had your go-to cheat meal, but you've got enough room for a smoothie. What's in your cheat smoothie? Cheat smoothie? Um, Not I, even a I'm cheat going... smoothie. It could just be your, 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 your favorite smoothie order. Okay. Uh, I'd probably go with the, I don't know if they still have it. It's the Muscle Blaster from Tropical Smoothie. What's so it's got, a scoop, it's got a scoop of whey protein, vanilla whey protein, and then it's got, actually, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. The acai berry booth from Tropical Smoothie. Ooh, amazing. Like amazing choice. A little bit of protein to make you feel good, and we're living. All right. Go ahead, Danny. Amazing. Okay. When it comes to me when I lift, I'm, my go-to brand, Lululemon. I know when Donnie goes in, he's been a little following the gym shark, got the studio shorts going. Tell us, though, an underrated fitness brand for us and our listeners to go buy a little bit of clothes right now. I do not have an answer for you. And the reason why is because I'm either in Lululemon or kind of like completely off brand, like, you know, yeah, that. So <laughs> I, I, I am not. I am not one that really goes out and, and buys too much gym stuff like that, only because Charlotte, who's my fiance, is a Lululemon ambassador. And so over the years, she's gotten a lot of different stuff. And I've been the the very lucky beneficiary of all of that. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm pretty much a Lulu guy. Other than that, I just I have like a million different meat T-shirts from powerlifting meats and, um, you know, shorts and whatnot. So I usually just rock that. I wish I had a better answer, but that's the honesty. You know what? I, I was telling Danny, and then you have an in because Charlotte's an ambassador, but um, our good friend back in Charlotte, he, oh, haha, Charlotte and Charlotte, uh, he got a job at Lululemon and he had the 40% discount. And I bought, I forgot what it was, the Dry Sense. It was the Dry Sense hoodie, like the t shirt hoodie, and then a pair of shorts. And I was like, I hate how much I like this brand. Like, I, I don't want to spend more money on it, but I'm going to inevitably. Of course. Yeah. So. That sucks. Um, okay. If you could work out with one person in the world, who would it be? Peter Atia. 
I love that answer. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, Danny knows. Yeah, I I do. I just listened to him talk today about alcohol consumption. And because that is something that I don't want to say out loud. Nobody's listening. Like you said, you know, sometimes I like to enjoy a drink every now and again. But he constantly reminds me, you know, you got to keep it within. He's I love how his focus is longevity, how he just talks about being as healthy for as long. I mean, Don, you got to get with Peter. I mean, come on. Yeah. What do you think? You're in the gym. Yeah, I'm very happy to see that you're aware of his content. He's just he's awesome, man. He really is. If you want to level up your game, definitely follow Peter Atia. All right, I will. Couldn't right, agree more. Couldn't agree more. You gave us one earlier when you talked about the word that describes you most. You said coach. But give us three more words that describe you. Two in relation to fitness. One in relation to who you are outside of the gym. Okay. So coach is definitely the one that jumps into my head. Uh, I, I guess I would say there's the word for it. Um, obsessively obsessive researcher I'm constantly constantly yeah I'm constantly researching I'm like I want to be on the up and up of of everything I'm like the learner I'm the absorber so whatever I can soak in I do and um, I I would say that pretty much every day I'm I'm learning something researching something uh, have an interest in something the latest has been uh, kind of like the Peter Atia, right? Longevity, things like things of that nature. Um, so that will be, I guess, in the gym and and wellness outside of the gym. Hmm, that's a that's a that's a good one. I have a tough time separating myself from the gym sometimes, but um, I would say, I would say maybe a family man. That's a good one. Ooh, okay, man. yeah, yeah. It's specifically one that I'm working on right now. So let's go with family men. There you go. All right. I love that. And when you mentioned uh, obsessive researcher, my girlfriend always refers to me as a forever student. And whenever somebody talks like that, I always think, man, we all thought about this in school, right? Oh, man, I have to go to class. I have to learn. I have to study. And now look at all of us, right? We're adults. We're grown. And what are we doing? Putting our heads right back in the books to learn some new stuff. Exactly. So, all right, last quick hitter for you. Um, if you listen to or watch the podcast or show All the Smoke with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson, uh, you will know that this is their go-to finisher. And I was listening to the day and I'm like, I can't not use this. Like, I, If they trademarked it, sure, it's theirs. But my last question, who should come on the show next? But before you answer, you have to help us get this answer on the show. Absolutely. Charlotte. Uh, that I knew that was <laughs> all right. 100%. If it's not Charlotte, because Charlotte's actually next on our list, and we're already coordinating time with her. So bingo for you. But after Charlotte, who should come on sweat today? Jake. Oh my God, Danny, you'll love Jake. He'll be great. Jake's I mean, he's, another he's member. Much more natural than I am on this stuff, and he's <laughs> he's wanted to start a podcast for a very long time, oh. and he just hasn't. So all he needs is a little push and. I think this could be the perfect opportunity. All right. Well, I think that we need to have a pulse slash Long Island tour. And that means Danny needs to fly uh, into Islip this weekend. And then we could get this going. What do we say? Danny, are you in? I've signed up for TSA pre-check. I've got my AA Advantage number. I've got all that stuff, man. You count me in. I've been hopping in and out of flights the last month. Add it to the list, man. I need more miles. Tell your your little... uh... Your little athletes down there to book some tournaments up in New York and then we can get going. Say less. 
I'm right. here. I'm ready. I got to work. That gym's too nice for me, though. I got to dress my best. I need to come oh, in there and make sure my hands worry. are clean. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> too beautiful. I'm used to, like, grimy oil on the ground, you know, dirt everywhere. Absolutely. We, th- we take care of our stuff, so we'll take care of you, too. Can't wait. That, that he does. All right, Russ. That was fantastic. This was episode four of the Sweat Today podcast. Make sure you listen, check it out, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you, Russ. Thanks for having me, guys.